0: Random Pages Audio Podcast presents The Labyrinth of the Spirits by Carlos Ruiz Zafon. He felt the outline of one of the guns searching for the trigger and clutched it firmly. Until then it hadn't occurred to him that in all probability it wasn't loaded. What did it matter? With this marksmanship he was as likely to shoot himself in the foot as to hit Columbus's eye on his monument. He smiled at the thought and held the rifle with both hands over his chest, looking for the hammer. He'd never before fired a gun, but he told himself that good luck is always on the side of beginners. It was at least worth a try. He tightened the hammer and prepared to blow off Francisco Javier Fumero's head on his way to heaven or hell. A second later, however, the footsteps faded away depriving him of his chance of glory and reminding him that great lovers, whether practicing or aspiring, were not born to be 11th hour heroes. He allowed himself a deep breath and rested his hands on his chest. His clothes were stuck to him like a second skin. Fumero and his henchmen were walking away. Furman imagined their figures engulfed by the shadows of the hold and smiled with relief. Perhaps there hadn't been a tip-off. Maybe this was nothing but a routine control. Just then the footsteps stopped. A deathly silence followed. And for a few moments... All Fermin could hear was the sound of his own heartbeat. Then like an almost imperceptible sigh came the minuscule tapping of something tiny and light walking over the lid of the box just above his face. He recognized the faint odor somewhere between sweet and sour. His traveling companion the little mouse was sniffing at the chinks in the boards, probably detecting the smell of his friend. Fermin was about to hiss lightly and chase it away, but a deafening roar filled the hold. The high-caliber bullet blew the rodent to bits instantly and bored a clean entry hole on the lid of the box about five centimeters from Fermin's face. Blood dripped through the cracks and fell on his lips. Fermin then felt a tickling sensation on his right leg. As he lowered his eyes to look, he realized that the missile's path had almost brushed his leg, burning a tear in his trousers before drilling a second exit hole in the wood. A line of hazy light cut through the darkness of his hideaway following the bullet's trajectory. He heard the footsteps approaching again and stopping next to the rifle box. Fumero knelt down beside it. Firmin caught the gleam of his eyes in the thin gap between the lid and the box. As usual, making friends among the plebs, eh? You should have heard the screams of your friend Amancio and he told us where we'd find you. A couple of wires on the balls and your heroes sing like gold finches. Furman felt that if he hadn't sweated out what little courage he had left, trapped in that coffin full of guns, he would have wet himself with panic. You smell worse than your friend, the rat, whispered Fumero. I think you need a bath. He could hear the erratic footsteps and the turmoil of the men as they moved boxes and knocked down objects in the hold. While this was taking place, Fumero did not move from where he was. His eyes sounded the darkness inside the box like a serpent at the entrance to a nest, patiently. Before long, Fermin felt a powerful hammering on the box. At first he thought they were trying to break it up but when he saw the tips of nails appearing under the lid he understood that what they were doing was sealing down the rim. In a second the millimeter wide opening that had previously been visible all around the lid vanished. He had been buried in his own hiding place. Furman then realized that the box was moving that it was being pushed and shoved across the floor and that following Fumero's orders a few members of the crew were coming down to the hold. He could imagine the rest. He felt about a dozen men lifting the box with levers and heard the canvas straps encircle the wood. He also heard the rattling of chains and felt the sudden upward pull of the crane. Arroyos and his crew watched the trunk swaying in the breeze six meters above deck. Fumero emerged from the hold and put his dark glasses on again, smiling with satisfaction as he looked up toward the bridge, raising a hand to his head in a mock military salute. With your permission, Captain, we will now proceed to exterminate the rat you carried on board in the only way that is fully effective." Fumer signaled to the man operating the crane to lower the container a few meters until it was level with his face. Your dying wish, or a few words of contrition? The crew gazed at the box in utter silence. The only sound that seemed to emerge from inside was a whimper, like the cry of a terrified small animal. Come on, don't cry, it's not that bad, said Fumero. Besides, you won't be alone. You'll be meeting up with a whole lot of friends who can't wait to see you. The trunk rose in the air again, and the crane began to rotate toward the gunwale. When it was hanging about ten meters above sea level, Fumero turned toward the bridge again. Araez was observing him with glazed eyes, muttering under his breath, "Son of a bitch." Fumero managed to lip read. Then he gave a nod, and the container carrying two hundred kilos of rifles. And just over fifty crews of Fermin Romero de Torres plunged into the icy dark waters of Barcelona's port.